Yo, yo, yes, yes. It is your boy, T2. Conversations of the Heart. Season 2. Episode 16. One year anniversary, y'all. One year anniversary show is today. Man. What a time. One year ago to today started this show, so it's only right I have the anniversary show. Appreciate y'all for rocking with me. <clears throat> Aubrey, appreciate you, bro. So, my brother said that uh, he wants to come on. Yo, what up, bro? Appreciate you tuning in. He said he wants to come on, so I just wanted to see what's going on with him. Let's see. Hi, B. Hey, um, I sent the request. Um, not, I'm not sure if you got it. See Brianna in here. Def, my boy Death Freeze in here. Gonna be with you guys in one second. Be with you guys in one second. Um, all right, let me see something. Hey, Joel, just give me one second. Um, um my brother wants to come on real quick. Um I'm just trying I'm just trying to see where, where he's at. Let me see. All right, just accepted that. See what's going on with it. Yo. Yo, yo. Hold on one second. Yo, bro. What's good, man? What's good? What's good, fam? Uh enough, man. Uh a little, imp a little impromptu. So I was, you said you wanted to come on here, man. So I just want to see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Just real quick. You know, what up, family? I know I don't normally jump on camera. You know, I'm always... Not at all. I was a little surprised about that. <laughs> a, little, a, little, a little surprised about this. You know what I mean? I'm always support behind the scenes, heavy in the comments. You know what I mean? Um, had to take this opportunity to salute you, though. Um, you turned your ideas into okay. execution. Um, I've seen your growth as a man and as a business. Um, you know, I just wanted to salute you, man. Uh, appreciate that. You. Oh, appreciate that. Appreciate that, bro. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, brother. Many more years of success on the way, man. Appreciate you, bro. Shout to at Stone of Shades and at Death Free Joel. I know it's going to be a great dialogue. It's going to be a great show. Always great dialogue yeah. with those two. Yeah, and and, and and watch out for Brianna. She's a powerhouse. We're going okay. we to oh, get into it. Um, But I appreciate always your support. Um, as a big brother, as an older brother, I've always appreciated the support that you've shown me um, throughout the years, man. I couldn't have done it without you, bro. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, no doubt. No question, man. Always, always. Yes, sir. Salute, my dude. Yo, appreciate you, bro. Thank you. All right. I'm going to let you All get right. back to it. Yes, sir. Yo, he don't even normally do that, man. Uh, so, bro, Brian, man, I appreciate you, man. I didn't expect that, man. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, we don't have a big family, man, but, man, we all we got, man, so I appreciate you. Joel, Bree, let's go.
Stoner going to be on the way. We good? We are good. We, we are we good. Live? We living? Yeah, yeah. We are here. Stoner's on the way. Um, she had she had a little work, little work thing, but she'll be on the way in a few minutes. Um, so right now we just gonna get started with y'all, man. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. First of all, happy anniversary. Yes, happy oh, anniversary uh, to you. Oh man, thank you. Let's just let's just get this out the way now. Happy anniversary. You're Appreciate doing it you. real big. Like yeah. I messaged you the other, like literally today about a video that got to me personally and we talked about it on numerous occasions so yeah appreciate you like a brother um and more to come bro cheers to you mm -hmm. cheers yo cheers yo thank you. you thank you appreciate y'all for real I, I blame you for all this shit though i don't you know my bad I'm <laughs> <laughs> we'll, get yeah. we'll get to that later we gonna get to that too um but first you know what i want to do because joel brianna brianna uh, uh, joel so Joelle, Bri Brianna was the first person that I had on, on my show. Um, mm -hmm. She was the first person that I had on my show. And I feel like she hasn't gotten her just due because the, <laughs> the show kind of took off a little bit, um, a smidge after her. Um, and the people didn't really get a chance to really um, see who she is, what she's about. A few do, um, but she is a powerhouse um, since... Uh, you know what? I'm going to put you on the spot, Bri. Um, I will... <laughs> How old are you right now? I'm 27. 27. Mm -hmm. Joel, 27, right? Okay. So how long have you been running your foundation? Uh, I think the, this year is seven, eight years. Yeah. Seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. So, Joel, so there is an age gap. Um, you know, there is an age gap, you know, between me and Bree. Like, she's like a, she's like a sister to me. Right. Um, and I've seen her progression from, a, a, like, a, pretty much a child mm -hmm. until yeah. now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, through the ups and the downs, to see where she was and to see the powerhouse that she is, right. um, I wanted her to be on the show today. I wanted her to be on the show today because I started with her. I wanted her to be on the first show. And I wanted her to be on the one year today so people could hear just exactly what she's doing um, mm -hmm. And to see it, you know what I'm saying, live and in color. You know what I'm saying? So, Brianna, uh, I salute you. Um, you're a powerhouse, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and Thank and, you. Um, yeah. And Joel, you know, he doesn't really need any uh, – <laughs> he doesn't really need much introductions, man. Um, Debt Free, at, at Debt Free Joe. Um, another, another brother, he's a powerhouse, too. Um, between him and Stoner, they go back and forth between my highest viewership. Um, you know, on my lives because they always bring it and they always bring that heat. And thank you for always being available to me, um, you know, whenever I need you guys. So definitely appreciate you both. Um, and we'll bring in Storno as soon as she gets off of work. Um, you know what I'm saying? And and definitely do and do it like that. So, so Brianna, we're, we're going to get into your foundation a little bit um, because there's two. You are a co-founder of another one. Yes. Yes. And matter of fact, oh, so before I get into that, Stoner, um, Stoner just hopped on. So before I do that, I might as well just bring her on too, mm -hmm. um, because she gonna bring the she she gonna bring the. That's why I got wine. That's why I got wine right now. That's why I, I didn't put a whiskey <laughs> out. That's, that's that's the reason. See? The holy grail. 
I feel like I have the holy ground to build it right now. So appreciate everybody. Um, so starting, I, I don't know if you just heard, um, but I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you for doing this. Thank you for being on with me today. Um, thank you as always. Um, I know you're familiar with uh, at Debt Free Joel. This is Brianna. Um, I, I just talked a whole lot about her. I don't know if you heard. Um, a little bit. But if you didn't hear, huh? I heard something. Weapon? Yeah, so something. she's 27. She's 27. She's been running her own foundation since she's about 19 years old. And, and she co-founds another foundation as well. And she's also um, an, an engineer, a senior program yeah, engineer at, at, at GE. Yeah, yeah. Oh, see? So, yeah. So, you know, y'all all me, y'all all powerhouse. And like I said, I appreciate all three of you doing this. Hold on. I don't, I don't feel that. I feel like shit. You, she, you're 27. I'm 27. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 27. No, no. <laughs> and you have two yeah. foundations? Yes. Yo, get me off uh, this slide, man. I ain't got nothing. No, no, no. Go, go, go. Be clear. Um, Sonna, don't play. Um, so, look, you guys, I wanted you three on the show because you guys are awesome. You guys are powerhouses in, in your own rights. You know what I'm saying? Sonna, you're an HR executive. You're a philanthropist. I mean, I mean, you have a lot of accolades, you know what I'm saying? I don't even think I have enough love to go down your accolades right now, so I appreciate you. Um, and, and Joel, he's like a finance guru. We already know what he's about. Numbers and, and getting everybody debt-free, you know what I'm saying? And, and he gives it to you straight, no, no chaser. So to, 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 today we're talking about philanthropy, leadership, um, and, and mental wellness. Um, so, again, thank you. Starna, thank you. Joelle, Brianna, thank you. So, Brianna, let's start with your foundation. Um, it's like I said, um, I don't think, you know, people got a chance to really see the live that we mm -hmm. did because you were the first the first one. Yes. Like I said, we grew a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So now mm -hmm. I want I want the people to know exactly just who you are. Talk about a little bit about your foundation, the B&B Foundation. Okay, sure. Yeah. So, um, so the B&B Foundation, um, I started right after I graduated from college. So I graduated from Stony Brook in um, 2013. And yes, mm -hmm. yes, New York. Um, and uh, I think right after graduating, um, I, I was fortunate enough to have a job right after college. And I knew that, you know, I wouldn't have been able to go to college if it wasn't for scholarships. Um, so mm. it was just a very practical kind of thing. Initially, it was like, you know, I this was something that I needed. So I had connections. Uh, I'm from Rockland County. That's where I grew up. Um, and mm -hmm. there are two, if you think about Rockland County, even Westchester County, very similar. Um, most of the black and Latina students who live in those areas all go to the same high schools. They're typically underfunded, underserved, um, extracurriculars are cut left, right, and center. Right. So, um, one of the reasons why, you know, I went back there is one is that's my high school. That's where I grew up, um, kind of giving back to my community where I was involved in. But then also we needed to change the narrative around what was happening in these schools. Um, you would listen mm. to the news and you would hear things like, oh, Ramapo this, Spring Valley, that like just not positive things. And a lot of my friends, amazing. I mean, doing phenomenal things. And it was like we have to be able to connect these students, you know, these college graduates at this point back to the high schoolers who are about to go through this process and, and start going to, you know, predominantly white institutions or going to um, SUNY schools where it's still very much, depending on your major, a predominantly white institution. So, mm. um, you know, we started there. Um, I had a community leader uh, through the NAACP that I was involved with in high school, um, told him, hey, I was like, I want to give out a scholarship. 
Um, and it originally was only going to be one or two students from my high school. Uh, he said, you know what, come to this community gathering, talk about it. I did, and I got donations on the spot from a couple politicians in the office, in the, in the, mm. uh, in the audience. So um, that was kind of the beginning of it. She gave me $1,500 and was like, keep doing this. And that's exactly what we did. We just were consistent. So that first year, one scholarship became six. And we were able to award at both of the high schools in that district in Ramapo and um, Spring Valley High School. So um, fast forward maybe two or three years, I moved out of New York. I think at the time I was working in Connecticut. Um, I moved down south. Mm -hmm. I lived in Alabama for about two years. So I was trying to still kind of do this remote thing. So in order to do that, I had to get a team. So I had two or three people that were based in New York who would do the interviews each season. Um, and then outside of just the scholarship, we also provided professional development and mentoring because it's one thing to get money um, and go to school, but it's it's so much more than that. There's so much more involved. In, and, and my team and I always think about, wow, what would it have been like if someone had said to us, you know, hey, these are the mistakes that I made. Don't make these kinds of mistakes. Um, or mm. here are just some things that I learned along the way. It would have been awesome if I knew that freshman year, right? So that's essentially what we, we were able to build. Um, and then I think maybe 2018, we opened up in Westchester County at um, the Mount Vernon Public School District because it's a very similar situation in Mount Vernon. Um, so now we're operating in five high schools within Rockland County and Westchester County. Um, we've given out over $25,000 in scholarships to over 45 students this year. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been great. Um, super successful. This year was the first year, aside from maybe just some residual money that we had, that the yeah. entire scholarship was funded on donations. I didn't have to put Yeah, it, it's it's been great. Um, super fortunate, super blessed. We have a really great community that supports us. Wow. And man, that's super amazing. And I, I've seen you grow from from having these, um, these meetings outside, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. surrounding, you know, on the grass, you know what yes. I'm saying? In, in the yes. backyards to, to, you know, having the buildings and, and then having an official ceremony. You know what I'm saying? Like you went from having ceremonies in backyards to having yes. ceremonies in halls. Right. You know what I'm saying? Having a whole thing, you know, and to see that progression from, from, from where that was, from where it began to now, man, I just want to say, um, I'm super proud of you. Thank you. Very super proud of you. Appreciate it. Very super proud of you. Yeah. Um, so philanthropy, Joe, Joel, my, oh my God. You have an interesting take on philanthropy, especially when you, when you talk about money and finance. Yeah. Talk, just talk a little bit about that. Let's get right to the point. I think it's corny to make money and not give some of it away. I mean, that's really what this comes down to, right? I mean, the whole point of, you know, my purpose, and we talked about it before, but my purpose in life is to educate people, specifically minorities, on how to get better with finance so that they can be more charitable, right? Yeah. December 28th, 2019, I wrote that on a pad. And I said, this is my purpose, right? It wasn't a coincidence that I wrote that and everything kind of spiraled from that point on. Um, it did. I think for me, it's, it's a little, you know, we, we have to help each other in my personal opinion. And it's, you know, hearing Bree's story, for example, that warms my soul because that's her actively making the decision to help people, right? In, in finance, a lot of people say they want to get their money up. How much do you make? Mm -hmm. What type of mm -hmm. car do you have? What's your house? What's this? What's that? 
all that's irrelevant to me. My mm. thing is how much money did you give away this year? Mm. And to who did you give it to? Mm. Right? It means mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean a church. I'm Catholic, obviously, but it's agnostic of religion. You can give money to your family. You can give money to your friends. You can give money to people who are in need. So that's what it is for me. Like, forget everything else. Forget the investing. Forget everything. The entire point of my existence on this earth, I have realized it up to this point, is to get people to be more charitable. Everything else to me is corny if that's not the end goal. Because if we're just going to sit here and wait for the government to bail us out, to wait for handouts all day long, this ain't it for me. I, I can't help. But for me, it's to empower people, to educate people, and to get people to a point where they can take care of themselves, turn around, take care of their families, take care of their friends, and then educate them on how to get money as well so that we all can lift each other up. Mm. Powerful, powerful. Stoner. Okay. You are the co-founder of, of Voices, Inc. Can you tell us a, a little bit about your foundation? Yeah. Um, Voices. Voices started about, golly, it's been so long now, uh, maybe somewhere around 2005 or so we started. Mm. And um, really, uh, the inspiration came years before that. Um, I always, since I, I want to say six, I, I'm just going to go with that. I'm just just going to rock with that, right? Uh, somewhere around six. Mm -hmm. Um, I just knew I wanted to leave the world better than I found it. Um, I didn't know how I would do that, but I, that just has been a thing that's resonated for me forever. Um, at some juncture, um, my grand aunt, um, fell ill with breast cancer. And I remember mm. at about 16 or so doing a breast cancer walk, right? Susan G. Komen. And, uh, I'm in college, great friends, Deb, um, we got, kind of got together and we just like, want to do something. We don't have funds though. So how do, how do we help? How do we help? How do we show up? And uh, that's mm. what sparked it to then um, just get everybody together. And we were all just started to do these walks. And so we started to do fundraising and then, you know, we got into the afterwards. So everybody's partying, you know, and having a good time, just threw a couple dollars our way uh, so that we could uh, donate to the walk and people come and we grew into over sometimes 40 plus people just getting together to do these walks. And um, we continued that on with uh, going to different um, location shelters. We partner a lot with the Blake USA shelter um, in Brooklyn and we've done things from toys to, you know, food, just a number of different pieces and um, really expect that we will have our official 501c um, exemption in the next couple of days. Um, so wow. excitedly that board and really looking to doing more um just really grassroots fundraising for persons who want to help want to do something don't find they have the funding and want to really come with a group of persons together to drive that forward that's really what we're trying to do um so you know young old whatever it is uh, if you're finding you want to do something in the world but don't know where to you know get that going and, and where those resources exist uh, we're there for that so that's voices wow so one so where can so this question is for both brie and Stoner. if if you have people who want to donate to your foundations um where, oh, where can they go brie yes yeah, so you can go to bnbscholars.org or you can go to at the bnb foundation on instagram and the link is is um in the description mm -hmm. yeah um, so Voices, we do have Voices United uh, Instagram page, and we're literally, <laughs> I had a call today for a web um, designer, uh, so we're in the process of our development, and uh, expect that we should have that completed 
in the next, I think, three to four weeks or so. So we'll have our official website on and going. Um, we do PayPal and everything else right now, but we'll have a website really demonstrating some of the things that we've done so far and new initiatives. Like we're getting ready to really push forward um, donations, right? So, so much has happened in the pandemic um, and, and persons found it so hard. It's like that forgotten piece of, we still want to give, right? We still want to support persons who, who are less than and there's even more persons really in that group. And so um, we're looking to launch a couple things pretty soon. So um, more to come on that. I will continue to share that on my page. Um, the Voices also has an Instagram page as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find them also on my website too. Um, and it'll take you directly to connect you with Bree, um, Joelle, and um, and, and Stona. So the comments says uh, Brian says um, at such a young age, Brianna is amazing um, to be aware of your purpose and passion, um, and to take action is absolutely amazing. You see what I'm saying, Bree? Thank you. I mean, you. it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. So now financial literacy. So you know. Ah, Joel, uh, you know, Joel's big on that. That's, that's his thing. He's, he's a finance coach. You know, Bree, we know, you know, she's on islands, Stoner's on jets. You know, so I, I, I want to know, <laughs> not, not, not the real thing. You know what I'm saying? Bree on an island somewhere all the time, Stoner's on an island somewhere with a jet. Bye. You know what I'm saying? So, so I want to know from each of you, um, and it's on your right that we start off with, um, Joelle, um, just your thoughts on financial literacy and what are the steps that maybe that you took um, on the brink to financial freedom? Um, I, I'll, I'll try to keep this short. Uh, <laughs> financial literacy to me is freedom. I don't use that word lightly, right? Mm -hmm. It's freedom. It's the ability to do what you want, when you want, how you want, right? That's what financial literacy is. In my opinion, money is emotional. Right. Money is more about behavior than it is about mathematics, in my humble opinion. Um, I argue with people not about the numbers that are on the screen or on a piece of paper. I argue with their emotion. You see, a lot of people are emotional about money, so they don't know how to handle it. Right. There's an anxiety looking at your credit credit score. There's a depression knowing that you're not good with money. There's a stress that you can't sleep at night because you can't pay the bills and you're lonely because you can't talk to anybody about it. It's linked to mental health. So there is a level of freedom about financial literacy that I think is important. I've been on both sides of the equation, right? I've been on the side of having student loan debt, having a car payment, having credit cards, and I was still the money guy, right? Everybody still came to me for advice. And then, right. you know, I always tell the story. Randomly, my best friend showed up to my house one day. He was flipping houses in Stony Brook, pulled up, said I paid off my student loans. I sat in his car. We went to the club that night, but it stayed with me for the rest of the time. Came back home. I was hammered, by the way. Came back home and made a decision at that point, I'm paying off my student loans before I move out of my mother's house. This is the height of the real estate boom. So everybody got new cars and stuff like that. I was losing. Mm -hmm. But right after that, one year later, I hop back in his car and I tell him my student loans were paid off. And that's what started it. That was, wow. that was the light. That was the fire, right? So he always tells me, he lit the fire, I poured the gasoline and went too far. And then <laughs> after that point, you started to realize I'm a money guy. But if you're asking me what financial literacy is, it's freedom. It's the freedom to, to tell yourself what you're going to do with your money before your money tells you where to stay. And that, in my opinion, is what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Bree. Yeah, so um, I think to, to echo um, what we just said, uh, for sure, absolutely, freedom. Um, I think my relationship with finances, um, I've, it's like, 
very frugal in the beginning, way through college, right? Um, just, I would say, I think after I graduated, um, my parents had heard about, uh, what's this guy's name? Dave Ramsey? Dave it's Ramsey. Like a, mm -hmm. Yeah. So they yeah. were kind mm -hmm. of on this Dave Ramsey journey and saying things like, man, if I knew what I knew now when I was 20, you know, 25, they were like, we would be millionaires, right? And um, one day, they, my mom was like, sit down and watch this. And I did. Um, and I already, I, I didn't really have um, credit cards. I, I didn't want to spend money that I didn't have. I had always been that way. Um, so same thing, I, I had set a goal. I was going to pay my student loans off. Um, I wanted to do it in a year. I did it in two years after I graduated from college um, because it was just something that I was like, track mind, right? I was not paying any minimums. I was paying as much as I could. Um, and the only reason why I didn't pay it off in a year is because I traveled, because I gave myself grace to kind of like, all right, you know, I have some time. Let me take this money and go to Europe. And mm -hmm. that's what I did. And I'm back back from Europe. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's, it's also a tool, right? If you are using money as a tool and not allowing it to use you, you can plan where you're going to lay your expenses and where you're going to take your travel time. And, um, I think it's one of the things that, there, there was just so much stuff I didn't know about it. And when we started the foundation and we're doing these professional development events, we brought in financial literacy coaches to come in and talk about things like mm -hmm. credit because it's not something mm -hmm. that you're learning in school. And mm -hmm. um, it just, a lot of our students have really resonated with a lot of those workshops and we continue to offer it year after year because we see the value in it. Um, and and our, it's something that our students are looking for and, it, and we're learning along with them in these sessions. Uh, mm -hmm. so yeah I think that's and um you know um I'm, I'm not gonna just put Joel out there but if you need somebody for your foundation Joseph he'll do it so yeah um, I think I think Joel's yeah. gonna have to, <laughs> gonna have to connect after this yeah I should sorry Joel I, I would say I'm not even supposed to be sorry Joel I, I got business owners on the line I got foundations I, I'm like, <laughs> listen man leave me out of this my boy Lenny, Lenny the Great said, uh, balance is, is key, Sac sacrifice, but treat yourself within right. reason. Absolutely. Very, 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 very factual. Yeah. Stoner, I mean, you know, you want the layers and all of that, you know, um, so talk to, <laughs> talk, talk to us about um, what you think about financial literacy and financial freedom. Yeah, um, one, I echo the sentiments that were shared um, here before and um, <laughs> Maybe a year or two ago, I was um, I worked at J.P. Morgan, and um, we partnered with Essence and did this currency conversations where I was a panelist there and really sharing different information on on just that. We were focused uh, predominantly on black females um, and persons of color altogether, and really just identifying what are our scripts, right? Where do we get mm -hmm. our thoughts about money from? and just going back into your thoughts about what is your relationship with money? Where did that first begin, right? Um, from a child, just watching people around you and their relationship with money, how did that influence your decisions and your relationships mm -hmm. with money? Um, so for me, in that space, I would ask you know, persons um, questions surrounding what, what is your financial script? Where did you get that from? Where did you learn your behaviors, right? Just going back to that. It's not about the dollar and what you do, but it's about the emotion surrounding it, um, what that feels like. Um, and so when I did that, I, I kind of went back to my grand's, my grandma and her relationship and watching that um, and what that was like. She 
you know, she would know if you owed her 25 cents. Like, it was that, right? And she would collect from my parents. <laughs> and um, just behaviors with my parents, right? So my parents both were both educators and, um, you know, did, did well enough that I watched how they use money as far as, like, you know, who paid things on time before time, right? So learn that habit. Like, I'm not paying it when it's due, but I'm paying it prior. Um, and really, it kind of, that just what, what Lenny shared, right? The balance piece. Like, people hear me say all the time, I give myself permission, right? I'm not utilizing yes, it yes, you in do. any way other than a tool. And if at any point in time I'm making a decision that involves money that makes me uncomfortable, where I can't sleep, or I'm thinking about, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? That I shouldn't do it. Um, so it comes back to discipline. It comes back to decision-making. I'm always sharing with my sister, you know, make better decisions and that's across the board. So money is just one piece where you want to think about that, but that, that mm -hmm. financial literacy and understanding how you relate to money, how you relate to decision-making, um, how you take that forward is going to be really essential. Um, just to share that it's not so much about, well, what is that credit score? It's, it's how did you come to that decision? What led there? What was the emotion mm -hmm. that drove mm -hmm. that? That got you the way you are mm -hmm. now. And how do you change that decision-making process so you find yourself in a better position? Um, I certainly have been on both sides, right? I've, I've made decisions where I was like, oh, gosh, why'd you do that? Um, and then I was like, okay, I got I to gotta get clear about how I'm going to navigate through this and making the decision to not do that again, not find myself in a position like that again um, was essential. But the freedom, yes, indeed. Um, to make the decisions that you want, right? And so a lot about money is sacrificing the happiness, right? To sacrifice what you want now for later. It's making those decisions of what that looks like. I'm not going to take this trip this month, which I, I should go away this weekend, right? But I'm not going to do that um, for reasons like that. But you better stop. You better stop, man. You, you want to you want to plan every chance you get. That was just... <laughs> was I ain't even going to say no. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there. It's fine. All right. It's a personal thing as far as how you come to decisions and how you feel about being able to do what you'd like to do and money just being a tool to help you do that. That's really what it is. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so my, um, um, Brian said, um, Joel, sh sh shout out to you for saying the unpopular things at times on your platform, especially within our community. Uh, financial literacy is generational and you're helping gen uh, gen generations. I mean, I mean, I, I, Look, I I'm not going to say better myself. I'm, I'm not going to say better. I mean, he said it right there. It's not. That's a fact. I'll be honest with y'all, okay? Like, Terrence knows me since high school. I've been the same way. This mm -hmm. ain't never going to change. Um, but talking about money on an everyday basis is not easy, right? Because you're arguing with people's emotions. Yeah. Everybody feels a way about money. You ever notice mm -hmm. that money is one of the three things they tell you never to talk about, right? Money, religion, and sex. And mm -hmm. politics, sorry, four. They tell you never talk about those at the dinner table because it's emotional, right? You know, mm -hmm. I, I, when you talk with people in couples, for example, you know, they can do everything nasty in the bedroom but won't know each other's salaries, right? <laughs> like, this is real. Like, this is a real thing. That's a real thing, man. That's Star a real thing. Starna says something can, can important. Can I ask a question think... when you're done? I just want to sure, ask Sure, sure. Starna says something important before, right? And I think it's, in, it's important to reiterate there's an educational aspect of financial literacy. I know one and one, right? It kind of goes together. But most people think how much you make rather than the educational aspect. Me and Terrence talked about this a few times. It's not a coincidence that we're in front of bookshelves. It's not. I do this purposely because every time I have a conversation with somebody and they say, how'd you learn? I say, yeah, I have an MBA in finance. I have 
a CFA, I have all this. All that didn't tell me about personal finance. That did. Right? My, my education of me stepping outside of school, the system is not designed to teach you about how to work your money. Right? There's a reason why everybody's scared of credit and scared of debt. So, you know, read the books, watch the videos, educate yourself so that you can get to that point. In my, you know, my personal opinion. Starna, you had a question? I did have the question. I was so captivated by what was being shared. It was like, wait, what is that question again? I was going to ask everybody. I, I mean, Joel's a captivated guy, you know. But it's joining what Joel said. He was amazing. He introduced me to a book. I was making some decisions and had some thinking. And he introduced me. He's like, no, go to this book first and then see what you'd like to do. And that was amazing plug for, you know, um, the barber. But um, I was really going to center the question surrounding the emotions surrounding the decisions right about money mm -hmm. and was going to ask that question you just made that point that people don't know each other's salaries like what is your level of comfort do you find that in in close relationships you're sharing that information i'm just asking you should that. be yeah you should be think about it you're going to spend the rest of your life with somebody right your partner yeah. right mm -hmm. yeah like for everybody that's watching at all for everybody that's watching you think about getting married or you're married this is your financial partner, not just your sex partner, not just your roommate, not just the father of your children. That is your partner. What they literally eat does make you shit. Like that's one of those times that, right? That, that literally happens. Right. So you need to talk about finances. The problem is, in my opinion, what I've realized is that women want to have the conversation a lot more, right? right. But, but there is a resistance from men because from a, a, a man's perspective, don't tell me how to spend my money. I know how to flip money and get money. From a woman's perspective, it, on average, it's to preserve the money, to grow the money slowly yeah. over time and build. Those are two different personalities, right? right? Yeah. Sometimes, mm -hmm. not, not all the time, Yeah, yeah. in average. So yeah. mm -hmm. I talk with people, I mean, close friends I've had this conversation with where, you know, people are getting married and they don't know their own finances. They literally, until they got on the phone with me, they didn't know what each other made. How? Mm -hmm. So, but I want, I want everybody, I want the ladies to be clear. Joelle is saying, partner, if you're thinking about getting married, don't do it on the first date. Don't like, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you know, like be clear, you know what I mean? Cause I don't want people saying all conversations of the heart. Joelle said, you know, that on the first day, we, we got to know what's going on with you. Okay. Now, nah, you know what I'm saying? Joel was saying partner, partnership. Okay, I when I, when I say just, just a little bit, right? Because um, you made some great point there as it relates to really the knowingness. And so there's so many things where it's like, well, ask them how, you know, it's like just very general. What do you make? And I, and I think that's such a um, misleading question to ask and get answered, yeah. right? It really, yes. um, mm -hmm. for me, it's like I need to understand your relationship with money. Right. Yes. Beyond right. just how much you make, and and you know, growth and net is very different. Um, you know, what you owe debt versus income is different. Um, so many different things to consider. But I think so many of the conversations that I see popularized, right, center just around you should know, you should know what yes. this person makes. Just ask that question, I mean, and I think you touched on the deeper part you both did as far as the partnership about how we would take this forward financially right this union that we're cultivating and creating right what does that look like who who has the more responsible hand stronger decision some of those things and i think that's that's lost at times even when we do get the conversation about how much you, how much do you make and and i find i'm very 
free to a point with my friends even right about that like yeah. it's money right. it, it doesn't make you who you are so you know yeah exactly. i'm not ashamed to say how much i do make and and whatnot and um most people will find sometimes that that's a shaming thing like i don't want to say i make and i think we need to stop that's this true. Um, stigma that we have around sharing that information about money and how to even request it i find myself in a lot of those conversations with friends about how to go about and ask for that raise, right? How to negotiate right. a salary. How to mm-hmm. move that forward is, is something that people are even afraid to just say, how do I do that? Or just accepting. Well, they offered me that, so I'm taking that. Um, right. So I think a mm-hmm. lot of that, again, back to our emotions, back to how we feel and that relationship with money to remove some of these stigmas that exist. I'll, I'll say one thing, parents, before you start. I'll say one Good. thing. To everybody who's watching, here's some friendly advice. If you want to know your partner's finances start with the goal what i mean by that is just ask them what are your financial goals a lot of people have financial goals in one way or another i want to buy a house i want to buy a car i want to do this i want to do that i want to travel every year whatever the case is start out with the goal and then work backwards and just ask them how eventually they may get frustrated right a little bit of why's a little bit of how's but what you're trying to figure out is how far along the line of a planning stage are they at and if you love, if you care for them, right, they're partners with you, you can help to create that vision for them. You just have to work back. Everybody has a goal. Everybody has a dream. Eventually, somebody got to wake up and go get it. So start with the goal, work backwards. See, I did it the opposite way. I was terrible with it, right? I was like, no, yeah, get your money right. No, no. Find the goal and then work. Because remember, it's emotional. And then work backwards. Mm-hmm. If they want the goal, they'll work for it. That's how you know if they're real or not. Right? If they want the house and they don't want to be paying $5,000 in a mortgage, well, you need to start saving. So you don't know to tell you. Mm-hmm. Right? So start with the goal, work backwards. I think just to touch on something that uh, Sona said to you, um, you mm-hmm. were mentioning just the, the negotiation piece and kind of like when you're graduating from college in that moment. And um, the, the foundation in Florida is specific to women who are in like STEM and STEAM fields, right? So, um, and that's close to my heart because that's, that's the field that I'm in. Um, yes. But that first job I had out of college, I did not negotiate my salary. And when I tell you, I kick myself to this day. I had three summer internships with this company. They were hiring me in an off period because I graduated in December. So it wasn't even like the typical time when students are graduating. I could have negotiated the hell out of that because I knew that they wanted me. But when you talk about that emotion that's tied to it, when they gave me that number and it was less than what I thought it should have been, I sat back and was like, man, well, I really need a job and I don't want it to seem like I'm asking for too much or what if they take it back, right? Mm-hmm. And at that point when I was like, this is the, this is the offer that I, I have and this is the one that I want, I'm just going to take it. When mm-hmm. I tell you every, every girl, every woman that I meet, I always tell them it doesn't matter, negotiate your salary because that's the starting point. If they're not willing to work with you in the beginning, when you try to get that promotion, they're not going to be willing to go to bat for you because you didn't go to bat for yourself. And every single time I have moved up or I have changed positions, mm-hmm. I always negotiate. I have walked away from jobs that would not negotiate with me because, again, in the beginning, this is the romance phase. Like there's got that every everything is negotiable, um, and that's something that I've always been really passionate about making sure that young women understand that because they will sit there and they will take whatever is on the table and not ask for more. 
Uh-huh. Maybe like the and, and, how. The how is very right. important, mm-hmm. right? Because I yes. sit with people all the time who are just like, I think I should, and it's it's the how. It's the missing part, or even just knowing you can is one is the one part, right? And then how do I do that? How do I have yes. that conversation? How do mm-hmm. I speak to the value of this role of what they're asking me to do? Absolutely. Not don't come to me with salary.com or whatever. How do I get that information? <laughs> so much of that is lost mm-hmm. um, in our space, in our world, and navigating through this. Absolutely. Arena, if you yes. will, um, I, I see so much is out there surrounding the entrepreneurial space. And I'm an entrepreneur on one side of the, the, the coin, but I'm also in the corporate world. And how do you negotiate that up? How do I negotiate a, a promotion? It's not waiting for mm-hmm. somebody you know, to say mm-hmm. so. So, again, right. all these things come back to the emotion of it. Um, and you're just right, that happy-go-lucky, oh, they, they, they want me, they're offering me money. It's not really what I want, but, you know, and it's the push. It's a push to say, appreciate that. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be a part of this world. Um, however, mm-hmm. in my review, here's what I think makes sense. And right. I always say, go for it, have your, I could live with this, right? This is what makes sense. And this is what I love. And I'm, I'm like, go with the love. And you'll find mm-hmm. your way to where, where you should be. Um, right. So hopefully yes. everybody mm-hmm. is negotiating. Mm-hmm. Uh, those numbers when they're having that conversation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Go with the love and you'll find yourself where they should be. That's the quotable right there. And, and so, one more thing, I wanted to say, sorry, really quickly, you made mention of yeah. something where you didn't want to, it to feel like you didn't want them to think. Um, and I hear this mm-hmm. so often. And yeah. I say to people, you know, you don't show up as your authentic self when you're not fully expressed. And anytime you're in any conversation where you're not wanting someone to think or feel, you're not showing up as your authentic self. So you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta push that back. Like yes. I can't control what you think mm-hmm. and how. I can control my delivery, making sure it's best. Mm. And so really own it. Own it and not be so worried about what they might mm-hmm. say, what they might mm-hmm. think. I don't want them mm-hmm. to feel um in any conversation. Mm. Just being authentic. Like this is what I want. I affirm that for myself. I'm gonna honor that and share that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. So um uh, with that said, so Bree, um I'm going to volunteer starter. So here's the thing. Um, we did a, we did like a two hour career readiness workshop on live me and Sona, um, on, on, on how to negotiate salaries and went from A to Z from everything about career readiness. And I think that she might be the best person to come talk to you, to your students, um, and to your scholarship groups. I'm volunteering her right there. Okay. Um, I put, I put a, it is what it is. This is what we gotta do. Like this is what we gotta do. We gotta, we gotta help it. each other. We <laughs> gotta help each other from the experts. You know what I mean? She's an HR executive. She's an expert at what she does. Joel is an expert at what he does. And your students and the people who are, are coming through your scholarship program need this. Right. They, this is what they need. You know. Um, and to harken back to what Joel said about um, emotions um, with men. You know, on, on one side of the coin, it's absolutely true. You have the guys who's who just like, oh, I, you know, I know what to do with money and I know how to flip and make more money. Yeah. On the flip side of that, you have the guys like who may not be making as much money as they think that they should. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Or that they want. Right? So now when we're talking about relationships and now they meet Stoner, they meet Bree, and they're like, you know, um, I won't talk about it. Because they know, yep. they, like, they can look. At Bree, Instagram, and she on an island every two weeks. They look at Stoner, she on a jet somewhere, and and they're like, "Yo, man, I I can't, I can't talk about it. Like I, I can't because they have this thing because they are the man, right? And they 
they're shamed with that, right? Because they know, like, well, they probably make a, they probably make more than what I do, yep. and I should, and so that's all mental, and that goes into the mental wellness part of it too, like when it comes to that financial portion of it, and that's why a lot of times, um, especially men, sometimes sabotage relationships, especially when their their partner makes more than them, or equal. because they, they, equal or more, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's and it's because of the inadequacies that they feel within themselves. Right, because that's where their worth is supposed to be. That's what society has told them. Well, you have to be the breadwinner all the time. You have to do this. You have to do that. And I think that's where the inadequacies come from. And so that conversation about money, it's like, I don't, I don't want to have it. It's none of your business. Here's how crazy it gets, right? How crazy it gets is that as for me doing this for about a year now, right? So I think maybe a year would be like in August or something like that. Whenever you convince me to do it, I'm blaming you. Um, I didn't convince you to do this, sir. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you're talking about, sir. Embarrass me in front of Stark. Don't embarrass me. All right? don't embarrass me. <laughs> but what the crazy part about this is when I started doing this, I had a an understanding, a vision of myself, mm-hmm. of what I thought would happen. Right? Mm-hmm. I knew, you know, behavior. I, we all talk about I study behavior a lot. Like, I'm infatuated with, with what makes people tick. Like, what makes mm. you really react. What I realized, though, is that there is a severe push of women coming. I am not bullshitting when I say this. There is, there is an undercurrent of women who have just said, F this, I'm getting my money right. And not only are they getting their money right, the salaries are matching, the net worths are matching, the accumulation of wealth is happening. And I'm telling you, as a man, they accumulate the wealth faster, they're accumulating the knowledge faster, and they're committed. So you need to be here. Like, I don't know about you, but if I play with Jordan and I'm Pippen, I still won the championship. Ooh, I like that. Can you say it again for those in the back? Right? Like, it don't matter. <laughs> like, it, no, it's, it's real. I'm telling you from personal experience. I'm telling you from some. I make a good salary. I, I'm debt-free. I see the current. I see it coming because I get more questions. Me and Terrence talk about this all the time. I get more questions from women than I do men, and it has nothing to do with my looks. I promise you. I'm, I, I promise. It has nothing it to might, do with It might have a little bit to do with the looks, Joe. I mean, don't, 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 don't sell yourself short, bro. Don't say no. I'm telling you. I am telling you no, for a fact. Can, can I say, it, I think it's hair? I think it's hair. I, I can't say enough. Like, what, what you said, what you were sharing, what you both shared, resonated. Because yeah. I can't say I've been... It's hard for me to think of relationships have been in where um, I didn't make more or have a higher income. Talk that, that, talk, um, that talk, baby. Talk that talk, it. baby. Talk stop that it, talk, stop baby. Stop it. Stop it. Um, but I, I think there's so many factors that have led into that in, in certain ways. Um, I can't share enough the times that I've heard persons say to me, literally, persons who are interested, I have to get ready, right? Um, yes. And, multiple things and people always ask me how are you single and I'm like yeah I, I promise you my crazy is not over the top right um but but I, I I've done no. that a lot I I've sat through <laughs> I've sat through that in recognizing how how challenging that is and just as Terrence said where there were thoughts made about my my earning potential um you know just just based on perception um, yeah. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that led to some of the. I really want to, but what am I? I've heard things like, well, what am I going to do for you? And I'm like, what? Right. And so that just so much being yeah. put up in that financial piece where it's like, wait a second, 
That's not what I necessarily need, though, right? And, exactly. and to have that full conversation about what is it that I need in a relationship. And there is the, the piece, the, the current that you're speaking about that I think is already here. And there's a strong piece. And I, I have friends and I know friends. And we speak a lot to this because in our circles, so many of us do make more than our partner. Um, you know, and <laughs> what does that look like, and how do you navigate that? Risa, yeah. Yep. Ones who oh, just Risa, yeah. making yourself small, right? Trying mm -hmm. to figure out ways to try not to emasculate a person where mm -hmm. you don't own that in a particular way, and how does that play into persons who really contemplated not going for that bigger job that's really sitting on their lap that somebody's directing them to to gain more um, money because mindful of what that looks like for their partner like that's a real mm -hmm. thing that i have sat in conversations i'm um, heard um and, and really that's i think that's something that we we got to think about a little deeper right as far as the emotional piece to it and how it's impacting relationship and i want to dare mm -hmm. say especially in the black community right Absolutely. when you think about the earning potential of black females to black males and so many of of, of what's happened of what's happening in the world how that impacts and now what does that look like Right. Um, when, when I when I sit there in that corporate arena and I think about the persons who might quote unquote match that, what do they look like? Right. So when mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the person who don't, but they have great qualities and they're afraid because that stigma. So how do we continue to deal with that? What does that look like? I look to you guys for thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, first brief a brief pretty much says she's been making more, more money than guys since '99. So. I saw that look. What I will say, I think, like, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. So, no, I would say me, uh, me and Stone have, have had this conversation, I think, <laughs> uh, quite a few times um, on this particular subject. Um, and, and, and it goes to, to worth, right? And for men, and this is just the reality. They, they tell us that our worth comes from how much money we make and how many women that we can sleep with. This is a fact, right? And, and if, and if, and, and, and Brie, and when you made that face, like, what? Like when Stoner said, like, when a guy asked, asked her, um, like, what can I do for you? Mm -hmm. Because, and, and for a lot of men, it's if I don't have this money, like, if I don't have that to provide that for you, I don't know how to operate in the relationship mm -hmm. that's a problem that's because because even if you have it because here's the because here's the reality even if you have the money let's just say you still need to operate in other arenas in the within the relationship because a lot of times if if a man has like this this much money and say you know what i provide i'm good i don't gotta do nothing else here's the money on the table god bless you and call it a day right so you still have to be able to be multifaceted enough to to say, hey, I have to be emotionally intelligent. I have to be able to communicate. I have to be able to, to do multiple things to to function in this relationship to cater to more than just a financial need. Correct. Because here's the thing. What if you lose your job? Not everybody's an entrepreneur. You know what I'm saying? What if you lose your job? You're not going to know how to function within the relationship. And then your worth is tied to this one thing. And now your wife is, is like, yo, I am emotionally frustrated. I am mentally frustrated. And he's not providing financially. I, what is this person doing for me? Now, if you know how to operate in a relationship more than just financial, then you could provide many different things for her to where if she's already making the salary, 
it's like, oh my God, but he's picking up in so many other different areas of life. And I know he's going to get back on his feet because he always does, right? So it comes to a point where we've got to teach our men different things. We can't just say, yo, money, 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 money. And that's it. No, it's money plus emotional intelligence plus communication plus listening and comprehension. These are things that we need to, to be able to 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 teach a man so that they can be so they, so they can walk in the different subcategories of their relationship. If because if one goes, then it's like the whole relationship goes, and then it's like, but you lost a perfectly good relationship because one thing went. Yeah, that's just my opinion. But pretty good. Yeah. So I think to your point, when I made that face, it's mainly because there. Are, someone saying to me, well, what am I going to be able to provide for you? My answer to that is, listen, I can provide for myself, right? Like, that's what I've been doing. But that doesn't mean that there are things that I don't, that I'm not going to want to go on vacation, so that I'm not going to want, like, for you to be in my life and support financially, right? That's not what I'm saying. Um, I think that when I, when I look at my friend group, and I, we've, we've, we've sat around and we've talked about this, there's like half a million dollars in the room right now. Right. And what does that mean when we're going out and dating men who who are, are, you know, who are not making as much money as we are. Um, But when I'm going out on a date and you're, you know, you're still paying for things or you're still planning events and things like those are, there are other things that are more important than that. I think it, it changes when you start thinking about more of a relationship, which is what I feel like we were talking about before, right? When you're talking mm-hmm. about partnership and moving forward, how do we have those mm-hmm. conversations about money? I think that's absolutely important. I have been in a relationship where that was a, that was a, a, a touchy subject, mm-hmm. talking about finances. Um, yeah. and, it, and it has to be a very real and raw conversation mm-hmm. about, look, like, um, you know, we need to be able to talk about this. There has to be that level of transparency if we're going to be able to move forward. How are we going to raise a family? So now, and now this is another thing. I saw that relationship with my parents, right? Where my mother was a breadwinner. Yep. And I saw how that interaction occurred while we were growing up. And there are some elements of that that I'm like, I absolutely cannot have that in my house or in our house, mm. right? Like mm. We have to be able to to have that level of communication. So mm. um I think there's definitely a lot of different layers to that, right? When you're talking about dating, to being in a relationship, to being married, but but that level of transparency has to flow, has to follow. Yep. Um, hold up. So, Bree, let that let that half million dollar comment just marinate a little bit. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You don't. You don't it was there. Yeah, you don't get to drop that. It was there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it nah, is, she, she, she dropped it crazy. Like, uh, all right, hold that right there, player. I was like, like nah, nah. Talk that talk. Fuck that talk, girl. Let it let it marinate a little bit. Like, like woo, stop. Okay. There might be half a mil right here with half of this live. Man, I'm talking about the two ladies on the butt to the top. Of, I, you know, what? go ahead, never mind. Um, so, <laughs> so Bree, um, let's get into leadership a, a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. we talked about one foundation. I want to talk about the other foundation. Yeah. Um, strong her future, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Talk to me a, a little bit about that. Yeah. So, uh, after I left Alabama, which was, uh, you know, a very good experience, I'll say that. Um, yeah. I went to Miami. I was a part of Venture for America, um, the entrepreneurial foundation that was originally founded by um, Andrew Yang. And um, I worked at a startup for about two years. 
And when we were going and talking a little bit about goals and just kind of, um, you know, doing the things that you have to do so that you can do the things that you want to do. When I left corporate um, after working full time for about maybe four years, um, it was a breath of fresh air. I loved Miami. I would be in Miami if it wasn't for one of my sorority sisters who dragged me back to New York. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I had uh, just I have a lot of family in Florida. Uh, met a, my co-founder. Um, who's also really passionate about women and, and helping to further them in the fields of science, technology, engineering, um, art, mm-hmm. and math, right? So mm-hmm. um, we having, I think at that point, we were three or four years into B&B. So we had a really great framework. We knew that money is great, but it is not what's going to get a student through college, right? It's that mentorship piece, mm-hmm. it's that professional development piece. And having been in the STEM field, having been in spaces where I'm the only woman and the only Black person in a room, there, mm-hmm. It's daunting. It's daunting to be in an internship, to, to be to be able to, to see these different these different entities happening. So we wanted to be able to provide a space for women to really learn from each other, um, and that's and that's exactly what we did. We started Strong Her in two thousand and eighteen, um, and I believe we have nine recipients now. We did not do a scholarship this year, um, just because of just some residual impacts from the pandemic. But um, we are in six high schools in Miami-Dade and Broward County. Um, mm. And it, we looked specifically for high schools that had a very similar demographic to the schools in New York, where they're predominantly mm. Black and Brown students that attend those schools. They're typically underfunded. Um, and, and even in, in South Florida, one of the things that, uh, and one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure that I had a co-founder who was from there is because I'm not from South Florida, right? I don't know the issues that that community has. I wanted to make sure mm. that we were tackling the right things. And there is a, a severe lack of women in technology in Florida, specifically. So um, mm. that was kind of where we, we settled and the impact that we've been trying to make in that area now. Mm, awesome. Um, so transitioning into that with leadership, you know, um, obviously um, you, are, you, you are a young leader, um, but it seems like you've been leading for a long time, even though you are young. Um, and to work at GE, right, and you talked about it, you know, being a leader, right, um, in that space, um, especially in engineering. Just talk to me just a little bit about what you think about a successful leader, like somebody like yourself who has been in leadership roles. Um, what do you think a successful leader looks like? Yeah, so I guess when I think about that, I think about the mentors um, that I've had over the years. Mm. Um, most of them have actually been uh, white men. Um, who, who recognized the potential, um, but I also went up to them and had conversations with them. I would set up, you know, 15-minute, 20-minute conversations with them as an intern, and then I did the same thing while I was working full-time just to figure out how they got to where they got to and if that was somewhere that I wanted to be. I mean, it was essentially like, how, do, how did you get here and how do I get here? And I mm. had uh, a mentor who was promoted to run the facility in Alabama, and that's how I got down there. That's how I had that experience. And if I didn't do that job, I would not have gotten the, the role at GE that I have now. Um, oh, wow. So I think there's the, that mentorship aspect that, um, you know, being able to communicate to someone critical feedback that they need to know. Um, I've, had, mm-hmm. I've had mentors who have said very difficult things to me that I needed to, to then, you know, take take a step back and think okay how could I have done that differently how could I maybe have um you know spoken more in that meeting or or did I say everything that I needed to say in that meeting and then have validation for Mm -hmm. that too 
Um, mm. So it, I think it's a, it's a bunch of different things, but I will say that mentorship has been um, super important in, in me being able to lead the way I am now. And that's amazing. Uh, I think, you know, everybody on this live right now, as far as us, have, have mentors. So um, a mentorship is, is definitely key. Um, and it's interesting. It's just because you and Storna both run foundations and you have corporate jobs, too. Um, so you have to be leaders um, in your own businesses and wear um, the CEO hat, right? And then going into just other roles where you have somebody um, who, who manages you. Um, so Storna... Um, you've been a leader for a very long time, very long time, right? Um, <laughs> nah, but it's a fact, though. Um, so as far as when it comes to leadership, right, what do you think are the keys to being a successful leader, in your opinion? Um, great question. Um, interestingly enough, I get that a lot. Um, part, of, part of my sure. day work. Um, is leading leaders or helping teach leaders the tenets of leadership and what's most important. And um, where I'm glad that we're going with that is really giving um, more thought to the behaviors and the soft skills aligned with leadership. Um, that's one of the technical pieces, right? Oftentimes, in mm -hmm. my current position now, we we don't speak to managers. Like, it's not a manager. Manager is actually um, an officer title, right? But it's people. Mm -hmm. that's, that's how they right. describe every person at different levels. And um, people leaders, I mean, the, the work and the role really requires a person who can identify the strengths of an individual and help bring them along, help, help develop. Mm -hmm. That's really the work, right? Um, being able to see a person and really have the intelligence, the EQ enough to identify um, where their strengths lie and how to develop that, where their opportunities exist and how to help that along important and even more so so many times I find that leaders um, or perceived leaders focus so much on the opportunities and you know science tells us that if you if you work on the opportunities or the challenges that a person has if, if they work really hard at it it might increase by about 80% um, but if you focus on the person's strengths they, they are apt to really develop those about 300% more and so the, oh. the ability to really recognize a person's um, challenges and help them to just shape that into, into how it can serve them, but truly just identify your strengths and help bring them along. It, it takes a person to really understand, to want to know, to stay curious about the individual, to understand their experiences mm -hmm. and how that's made them who they are. Um, in, in whatever way that you're doing it, be it in a corporate arena, be it in a you know charity, mentorship, whatever the case is, I think it's really um, focusing on the soft skills, the getting to know, knowing the person and understanding them to bring them along is, is really what it is uh, for the most part. When mm. a person finds that they can trust an individual, um, when they find that they could share, they can be open with the person, they're likely to follow. They're likely to take that and then and even pass that forward. So for me, um, much of my work with my leaders today is really focused on the soft skills um, and really getting attuned to their emotional yeah. intelligence. Um, we know that's more important than IQ these days. And as, as yeah. AI is taking so many jobs, right? Technology is really taking away jobs, but it's also creating new ones. And the more invaluable piece that they cannot replicate is just that piece. And so our leaders well. really need to hone in on those skills and abilities to take that forward. So I would definitely say EQ would be it. Uh. And Joelle, so 
you know, you, you, are you running your own coaching business right now? Um, being a boss, you know, in that, right. Um, and then also you being a leader in your own company. Um, so, you know, talk to me just a little bit about some of your pillars for leadership. Like, what do you take into the, the boardroom? I think it's a hard one, man, because leadership is, could be misconstrued. It could be misunderstood, right? Everybody's mm -hmm. a boss. Everybody's a leader. Everybody's a manager. Everybody's this. They just throw the titles out. Mm -hmm. I truly think that, like, someone who's a mentor thinks more about you than themselves, right? I think to be a leader, to be, you know, and there's different types of leaders, obviously. All you got to do is read the Bible, right? Like, there's so many different mm -hmm. types of leaders. Um, but I, the, the ones that I always think that have been so effective are the ones that are, you know, they're humble, they are actionable, and they hold you accountable, right? There is a level of empathy behind the scenes. But empathy doesn't mean I don't hold you accountable. I love you enough to tell you you're wrong, mm -hmm. right? My mentor that lives in Florida, um, I mean, she would probably shoot me if I said it like this, but she's a white woman from Oregon, okay? She's the blackest white woman I've ever met in my life. I love this woman, okay? I love her family, <laughs> everything, okay? Her name is Nicola Felice. I love this woman because she was one of the first people I've ever met in my life that looked at me and said, do you know your value? Do you know who you are, right? Uh -huh. You are the only black person at this firm for the last 11 years. Are you kidding me? Like, do you know who you are? And then someone who's behind the scenes telling you you can accomplish this, that does volumes for somebody, right? It does. You know, people who teach leadership, the way I look at leadership is the way I look at teachers. It's, it's an art. The ability to communicate with somebody in such a way to transform information from me to you, that's an art. Leadership is an art. It's, it's something that you can, I, I cringe when someone says I'm a leader because it's like, it's a never ending battle between okay. yourself and everybody else. You know, it's the ability to not think of yourself and to think of your team, right? Like to, and uh -huh. you gotta motivate the team. You have the ability, and you gotta be the one in the front lines, right? Like uh -huh. there's, a, there's an image I'll never forget. I think I saw it on Instagram or Facebook. It goes like this. A boss is the guy behind the line telling you what to do. A leader is the one that's pulling the rope with you. Uh -huh. Right? Uh -huh. There's, a, there's a difference. A lead, you uh -huh. lead but from example. You lead by like, if everybody's working late and you're telling them to work late, you're right there with them. But a leader's going to uh -huh. hold you accountable, right? And I think accountability is something that's really important that we, we lose in society. We take it personally when someone says that we're wrong. We're, everybody on here is a type A personality probably, right? We like to know what we're doing and we like to do it our own way and we have faith in us. You get put on your ass when someone says, no, that's not right. And you have to really trust that person to say, I'm going to fall back and I'm going to try to get an understanding of why you're thinking that. Uh -huh. Maybe I didn't explain myself, but it, there's a, you have to be humble enough to have a mentor. But like everybody these days, especially in our community, everybody's a boss. Everybody's this. I, I can give a rat's ass about that. Show me what you've done versus anything. Because the way you influence people to, to be better, to me, that's a leader. A leader could be anybody who influences another person to achieve something they never thought was possible. Yeah, that's a mouthful, bro. And so I have a, so Lenny's in the comments. So for those who don't know Lenny, um, he's an educator. Um, he's a director at St. John's University. Um, and he says, servant leadership, servant leadership. Um, and that's, and that, and those are two powerful words. Um, yeah. 
and he and he also says a boss says go a leader says let's go yes i really love and, that and That's and great. he would know because he's one of those type of leaders okay okay Henry i was just going to say that i really love that the the leader says let's go as in and like mm-hmm. Dr. Wall was saying you know working together um with your team to accomplish goals um i've had some members on the board for the foundation for 7 years and I'm telling you, there are mm-hmm. days I wake up and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why <laughs> you all are still here. <laughs> because sometimes as a leader, I feel like you see all the problems. You see all the things that are not going the way that it needs to go. Yeah, and um, I'm just so grateful for my team and for the folks who have been supporting this foundation. Because um, there are days where I'm like, what are you talking about, I'm a leader? What have, what have I done? Somehow we magically got here. You know, like, it's just, but, but yeah, let's go versus just telling someone to go. Yeah. I'm and, and you know, Grat- gratitude, <laughs> yeah, I would say, you know who the leader is because the leader is the one that doesn't want the credit. Mm-hmm. You know that person, See, right? But the leader takes, doesn't take the credit, but they will take all the challenges. Like if something Correct. goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. They'll take, take the, mm-hmm. the there's a there's a there's a quote by Bill Clinton I heard once. It was you know, when you're a leader, for example, your job is to put your team ahead. So when there's good news, let your team hear the good news. When there's bad news, you're in the front. You're in the front. Yep. Right? You're the one that takes the bullet. You're the one that takes the screaming and the yelling and the complaining and all this type of stuff and client services all through the roof. You're the one in the front. You're gonna handle your team later. But for now, you're the one that's going to take that hit, right? You're the, you're the leader. You're the one that takes the hit. So you know who the leader is because that's the one that doesn't want to, to take the credit because the leader understands that you need a team. I can't do this by myself. Yes, absolutely. Right? Exactly. I took a long time to understand that shit. Trust me when I tell you. Like, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I, like, I, I'm the type of person, I think I can do everything by myself. Ask Terrence. Like, I, yeah, I can do it. No worries. And you, but, and you probably could. But right, but it's it's the leader. Yeah, it's the leader in you that says, "How can you pull somebody with you?" Right. And then right. when they pull, when you pull them, everybody mm-hmm. pulls with them, right? And yeah. and you just you know like you feed back everybody else. And you mentioned there, right, the teacher, right, the leader. Um, and even just in my experience, a lot of times when we're when I when I do recruiting, um, or however long ago that was, and even now as I look to interviews, oftentimes there is the look for a person who's played on the team. Right. Um, sports analogies work very, very well here in that a leader is a coach, right? There's a reason when you're at work, it's like, well, we want to do a coaching documents or not. It's a coach. It, it shows up in the same way. It's understanding what's necessary to have the team win. It's the same coach that sits there. I watch a lot of basketball. Um, and in the press conference, it will say, that was on me. I didn't do this. So I didn't do that. Or our guys are going to do this. And when, when the team yeah. is winning, it's saying, my guys did great. Here's what happened. Um, it, is, right. it is that coach mentality to have to see the bigger picture, to understand where the offense is, where the defense is, what, what transitions you need to make. It is that strategic piece, and it is bringing out the best of all the people working um, with you. And that big piece that you mentioned, accountability, because the clarity is kind. I, I, we struggle with that so much in, in the work world, the corporate world, where it's like a person does something probably not well aligned and the leaders are always kind of pushing. I don't want to say that. I don't want them to feel like going back to that whole bit and saying, no, how can I deliver this to you in an empathetic way? But the message is not lost that you get it, that you understand it and that Mm -hmm. I work with you Mm -hmm. in creating that change. That's a big part. I'm not leaving you alone in this. It was the era. 
but I'm with you to help correct it, right? So just mm. again, just continuously coaching, developing, bringing people along, and that does involve pulling them to account, speaking about responsibility, because the mm -hmm. hope is that, yeah, you will not just grow to be me, but surpass even the thought that I am creating other coaches. Um, the next step yeah. is, is really big in leadership. Absolutely. So when it comes to, you know, leadership, you know, they always say, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? And, you know, you guys all wear crowns in your own right, um, wear multiple hats. And, and I'd probably say wear, wear, wear multiple crowns, you know, because you guys are leaders in, in multiple areas of, of your life, right? Um, and it's not easy, you know, um, things can take a toll, especially on your mental wellness. And, um, you know, I, I, and, you know, just because you're successful in corporate or, or in your business and things like that, you know, we still have personal lives. We still have things that happen. Life happens. People get sick, people die, pe people, you know, and things happen to us too, you know? Um, so, you know, I'll kick it off with Joel. Like, you know, like when it comes to your mental wellness, like, what do you, like, what are some of your best practices that, that you do? Um, to kind of ensure that you keep your mental wellness intact. So before I even start, there's two people I have to thank for this. You're you're one of them, and my other one is the um, someone I used to mentor. His name is Jamil. Um, he'll never see this video, but I'm going to give him credit because both of y'all told me the, the value of therapy. Okay, let that wow. marinate for a little bit. Therapy is part wow. of your budget. Make sure you have a line item for it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. You gotta say that one again. Make sure you have a line out of for it. Wow. The reason yeah. why I bring that up is this. In our community as men, especially as black men, we are mm -hmm. we don't have the ability or we were never given the ability to show that emotion, to show that rawness, to show mm -hmm. what your heart feels like when it breaks. See, what we mm -hmm. always did was just flip to something else, right? We always just moved on to something else. What you realize one day is there's nothing else in front of you. Oh, shit. I got to get mm -hmm. my life together. See, what COVID did was was pause everybody's life. Right? Mm -hmm. I'll take you down, down. Like, remember what COVID did. COVID paused everybody's life. And then you, you are who you are when nobody's around. Right? When it's just you and your person that you've been living with, but they've been a roommate that you've just been, you know, humping, okay? Now you got to see if your marriage can work. When you're sitting alone in your apartment, for example, and you're dealing with all your internal struggles, that's who you are. See, the reason why I bring that up is how do you deal with your, your mental health? The first, I think, is through therapy if you think you need it. The second, yeah. for me, from a, a religious aspect, is, is my faith, right? My faith is big. Like, I'm, you know, like, God ain't done with me yet. Like, right? You ever heard that expression, please be patient with me? Yeah. God's not done. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm him, right? Trust me mm -hmm. when I tell you. But I think it's your faith. Right? It's, it's your faith. It's your ability to recognize that you need something deeper in yourself. The third, for me personally, though, is I love to study behavior. So that's the interesting thing about it, right? I love to study the ability of mental health. I've gotten into that. You know, I give Terrence credit. Like, i gotten into that on my own because it's the ability to understand why people act the way they do. Um, and I think the fourth, to be honest with you, is don't take this life as seriously as you think right god has a plan for everybody man just keep it moving do it do the best that you can but try to keep a level head look every day is up and down 
fuck, fuck all that. Like, it is what it is, right? I don't care who you are. We can be real confident, ha, 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 on live. The minute you get off this phone, that wave could hit. Right? Like that. Big you, facts. You could be right in a uh, completely negative space for the rest of the night. So Big facts. You have to protect your, your, your mental health. And to me personally, everybody should have a line item for therapy in their budget, specifically because I think it's so imperative in the black community. My personal opinion. And that's really true as, as far as having a line item because people say, oh, I can't afford it. But like you in Starbucks every day. Like, you know what I mean? You're getting that, that $8 coffee every day, right? People, like it's, it, it's, it's really what you want to do though. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? It's what you want to do because some, cause sometimes going to therapy is going to make you face your own stuff. And remember, you know what I'm saying? It, it rips the, the so what I tell people in finance, right? yes, right? Ahead, yeah. When I put mm -hmm. a budget to your face, it shows you who you financially are. It's disgusting. You do not like that. When I hold the budget to your face, it's, oh God, you got warts and shit all over your face. But what do you think therapy does sometimes? Same exact thing. It, it rips the, the emotional face off you. And remember, these people are trained, they know mm -hmm. every trick, you know, trick in the book. So, I think for me, if it's not just therapy, it's having a support group. If it's not having a support group, well, I don't care what it is. But if for everybody who's listening, I don't care if you're a man, I don't care if you're female, black, white, I don't care. Try to make it a line item. Even if you don't think you need it, chances are it's a very good chance you do. Just because and it, it allows you to deal with things that you may not realize. Right. And if you have insurance, some some therapists do, do, do take insurance too. Um, you know what I'm saying? And the thing that therapy does do sometimes, if you have the right therapist, it'll make you get sick and tired of your own ish. Because sometimes it's like you're like, oh man, this person or, or this and that or blah 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 or this happening to me, blah 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 blah. A, a lot of times, a therapist is like puts this in, in front of your face, and you're like, yo man, I am, I this is on me. Yeah. Like no, <laughs> it, it makes you think about like, and you're like, man, I'm sick of myself. Yeah. I need to make changes for for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, so that's that's definitely cool. Bree, um, so you talked about a lot, like, kind of sometimes being the only black, the black woman, you know, in leadership and things like that. That's, that's, that could be, that's not easy, you know, especially, uh, you know, to, to deal with in your field, right? So when it comes to mental wellness, you know, I could imagine, you know, aside from, you know, taking the trips, you know what I mean, doing, and, and which I know that helps a lot, you know what I'm saying? Believe me, on vacations help a whole lot. But what on a daily basis do you do, you, do, you do to make sure that your, that your mental wellness is intact? Yeah, so I think my, my ways for tackling this have changed over the years, right? Like when I first started mm -hmm. working, when I was working in Alabama, um, I was managing hundreds of people, mostly men, this is the aviation field, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I would come home and I would like replay things that happened during the day and I would like comments that were made to me and I would internalize them and, and then it, it would just, it was, it was bad, right? Um, so one of the things that I think I've learned along the way is setting boundaries and also knowing my worth, right? I'm Oof. the only Oof. one who determines Oof. how I feel about what mm. somebody else says about me because I know when I come in that building I'm giving 110% every day even the days I walk mm. in there and I give 100% my 100% is mm. is way more than somebody's 100% right mm. so um so that was kind of the 
my own internal I, I think that's through journaling that's through just my my friend groups my my family that has supported me I lean on my family a lot and when I yes. was in that particular situation there was no family there I didn't know anybody now right. when I moved down there right so there was just I a, a lot of challenges that had to kind of go through that so um but now I think it's 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 that setting boundaries piece so i currently am managing three people um now i just was promoted um so yeah promotion yes thank you she gets promoted again yo ladies and gentlemen come on now like you know come on man she's 27 just got promoted for like the 10th time you run she runs two organizations i mean you got to celebrate black excellence man that's all I'm saying, man. Please. Nah, come on, man. Come on. Darren, come on, man. Come on, man. out of this, bro. Come on, man. Listen, man. Come on now. So I think one of the one of the things that, that I've learned over the two years and then that I continue to take now is, you know, when I come home, I'm home, right? I try to do, I mean, and I've I've been going back into the office. I know some people didn't have that luxury and uh, well, when I say luxury, which, you know, it, it's kind of give and take. I enjoyed working from home for the couple months that we were mm -hmm. when we did have to do that. But since we're in manufacturing, we do have to be there with a the product. Um, it, it it allows me to, to get what I need done at work and come home and decompress. And I'm not thinking about it, you know, unless there's something, you know, is super important or super hot that I need to deal with. Um, you know, that this is this is my place of zen, right? I'm not... I'm not doing anything related to that. Um, so yeah, I think I think setting boundaries, journaling. I echo the therapy comment. That is something that I started last year, and it is phenomenal. Um, awesome. It, awesome. it has truly been, um, you know, something that I will continue to do. Um, and there was one other thing I wanted to add, but I might add it later. But yeah, those are those are some of the things. And the traveling piece, obviously, you know. Oh, we know. That. I love, well, I know. I love to get on a plane and go somewhere. Speaking of planes, all right, Stoner. Um, so, man, um, you are somebody who works extremely hard. I mean, and I could personally vouch for that. I, I mean, like you, like you really burn the midnight oil on multiple days. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? You are a, a workaholic on, you know, just on your own stuff, on your own goals, just everything in life. Um, so when it comes to your to your mental wellness, like how do you preserve that every day? Yeah. Um, besides hopping on a jet, besides that, but like, that's definitely what else? A thing, but, um, I know, absolutely. I, I definitely echo what's been shared thus far. Um, I definitely echo a hundred percent. And, you know, just going back into spaces and times where I hadn't, I wasn't very clear immediately. Like, you know, this is years now in the making, right? Of, um, a few things. Um, balance, right? Understanding balance, even what that is, what that looks like for you. Um, mm. Identifying triggers, knowing when to stop. Like a, a, a quick story about me. Um, stress, right? Which what I just say, it's just for me, stress equals just building resilience. That's what it is. Resi but mm. I got to a space of where I was so comfortable in that stress so mm. comfortable in what stress was and even today's a struggle um i would yeah. not recognize how stressed i was i would not recognize when it went from being here to being like right here where i'm all like you know jumping up for air and it wasn't until my body started reacting 
And I'm like, I, what is this about? Like, why? Why am I getting hives? What is this? I feel like I'm coping. I'm dealing with all that I have. I don't understand. Doctor's like, no, I think this is stress. I went to like four different doctors and they're like, there is nothing wrong with you. Who are you going to next? You know, went to the dirt, went to everybody. And I recognized that the, the thought, right? If I think about my cerebrum, the, the thought or the understanding, overstanding, that I am stressed out, that I am overwhelmed, mm. gets mm-hmm. there very late in the game. Um, and so it was, I had to dial it back and be able to really recognize the cues that my body is giving to really understand, mm. wait a second, I mm. need to dial some things back. We're getting up here. You know what I mean? Oh, and, and not everybody has the same clock of what that feels like. Um, not unlike Joel, I've been flirting with this idea about going back to school for neuroscience because I am passionate about it um just really our brains how it works what we think what our experiences are Mm -hmm. have been Mm -hmm. and how they shape Mm -hmm. how we show up um and so understanding what where that level is where does where is it where you where you're stressed are you even recognizing you're stressed out um and then when you do know that right not knowing is half the problem like okay now i know what do i do about it how do i get in front of it um Mm -hmm. And what, what helps relieve that? Um, what, what manages for my emotions? Am I more so triggered by the external factors or internal? Am I filled more so internally than the external? Am I giving too much from uh-huh. my cup? Um, you know, say give after it's overflowing. Wait, hold on. Am I giving from my cup? What's in here? Is that, is that for me? Is that okay? Am I giving myself permission to own that what's in it is mine? Um, so it was a combination of all these different things. And, and I think for a person, it's really understanding, um, what stress is for you, understanding how you replenish. And, and oftentimes it's good that in therapy, you could walk back to, well, why am I doing things this way? What got yeah. me here? And that's mm-hmm. why that's so super mm-hmm. helpful in getting you that clarity and an understanding and then identifying what is my reprieve? Where do I find that? Is it finding quiet space? I, you know, not only do I sit here and attend therapy, but it's meditation, um, oh, it's yeah. prayer, right? Um, religion is big for me, not religion, spirituality. Let me correct that. Getting my chakras in order. Uh-huh. Um, so it's a number of different things that I've identified that when I'm feeling on empty, whatever is happening for me, and I'm asking myself always, what is the story that I'm telling myself? What is the story that I'm making uh-huh. up that's getting me here where I'm feeling heightened and I need to bring it down? So um, uh-huh. it, it resonates with me, all of that was shared in that, you know, finding your center, being able to identify where you're going up and you need to you know, replenish, bring it back down. It's your friends, it's your support system. Um, so it's a host of different things in just um, understanding how do I keep my emotional health balanced? How do I keep that safe, right? Um, not just my uh-huh. mental, but my emotions. Am I getting what I need from those around me? Am I getting what I need from myself? Let's start there, right? Am I getting that? Because so often we're giving and uh, we have to question that we're not getting. And sometimes are you not getting because you are not asking? Because you, you have not, because mm. you asked not. And that, that for me was big. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. Um, so, mm. Yeah. And I think just to echo on what Donna said, um, I recently read a book. Actually, Tiffany recommended it, Tiffany Hammond. Um, okay. and, and I've heard about it before. I think it's called The Power of Now. So I listened mm-hmm. to it yeah. on Audible the other day. Oh, my God. When I tell you, because I think, I think Joel is one of said type A, right? So planner, right? So thinking long-term, thinking future, right? 
I didn't even realize how often I'm living in the future in my mind and not Mm. being in the present Mm. moment. And Mm. now that I am aware of it, that is its own form of self-care in staying present and not stressing myself out by by something that I cannot control or stressing myself out by something that happened in the past that there is nothing that I can do about it. All I have right now is this present moment. And what am I going to do in the present moment? And that has been really just, I mean, I I got to just take a plug for a second and just say this because I love Michael Jordan. And it's funny because I'm looking behind me. I love that you guys have your books behind you. I'm looking at my bookshelf and there's a book that I have just about that living in the present, not the power of now. Mm -hmm. It's another one. It's a small book um, that I was like, wait, I I should share that with you. But Michael Jordan in the last death, I hope everybody here has watched it. Um, there was a, there was a, there was a lot of moments. I, everybody knows that's my dad. You know, big <laughs> not, not a fan. His family. Um, yeah. There was there was an abstract moment where it wasn't very poignant, but it, it really struck me. Even though I, I tell you, I live in the, in the now, in the present, and if my spirit says to do X, I will do X, irrespective of what Y might be. After the time, I didn't even go to work one day because my spirit led me to a place where I was, and I had to sit in it. Um, mm-hmm. but Michael said, someone asked him about, you know, is he ever worried about, you know, his misses or what he's going to do in the game? And he said, why would I worry about missing a shot I didn't take yet? And it just hit like, mm-hmm. That's a what fact. does mm-hmm. that yep. do for mm-hmm. you? Like mm-hmm. when you're worrying mm-hmm. about a thing that hasn't happened, that you have nothing right. to confirm absolutely will happen, but you're sitting in the stress and worry of it. It's so yeah. counterintuitive to what we need, but it, we've made it such a habit to do. And I think it builds from just our exposure to fear. Fear is a big motivator. Mm-hmm. It's a big mm-hmm. hamper mm-hmm. Um, to sit in. So I sit with that all the time. Like, why worry about missing a shot you didn't take? So all mm. you know you can do mm. is prepare for the shot. Right. Mm. There's a, a quote that I heard once. It's like, um, ambition can leave you missing sometimes. Mm. Right. Mm. So you guys mentioned, like, it, it really caught me once where for the majority of my life, you ask any of my friends, Joel's always doing something. He's always studying for something, right? It didn't make a difference what it was. It was the GMATs. It was the MCATs. It was the CFA. It was the MBA. It was, there's always something that's ahead. So as far as I'm concerned, I was living in retirement at 22. Like, I was, that's how far ahead I was going until... The world stops, right? It's when the world stops that you go, wait a fuck, wait a minute. Like, what? what is this? Like, that, when all your externalities that allowed you to move from one space to another without dealing with your emotional stress, when that is taken away, that's when the present hits you right in the face, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So now, at this point in my life, is one of the few times in my life where I can say I can sit in the present. And my friends yeah. look at me like I'm weird all the time. Like, Joel, you okay? <laughs> I'm not used to this shit. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not used. Like, I don't know what to tell you about. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this is one of those moments where I fully want to accept what that mm. feels like. Right. Because I've never mm. felt it before. There was always something. Mm. Right? Money, whatever it is. There's always something I'm searching for until you live in the present and go, you know, enjoy every day. That's why they call it present, right? It's a gift. Right. It's the cliche thing that people told you over the years, but until you're in there, then it's like, breathe. 
Isn't it? Isn't it? I just have to do that. I just have to take a deep breath because it's so it's so freeing, right? When you're just in the present, and and yeah. just learning how to balance, right? Balance the planning. Mm. The plan would make some good decisions about what's to come, but you just sit in the now. Now I'm right here, and that's where I'm sitting. Mm. Um, Agreed. But it's scary too, because you're it used is. to certain things, right? We all type A, we mm -hmm. plan ahead. So if you're not, you know, for me, it's like, oh, I got Vegas, I got this thing. Like I'm already ahead. Then it's like, yo, what are you doing tomorrow? Yeah. Or the two the to do list of all the things to get there, and it's like Jesus you're so busy Christ. at that. Listen, mm -hmm. yeah. I about to say yeah. If I show you my calendar, I would throw up. But like, it's it's real. Like it's a real thing. But I think living in the present, accepting who you are in the present. And accepting who you are when nobody's around is one of the first steps you do with mental health because that triggers really who are you? You know, forget yeah. everything else. Like, turn everything else off in your consciousness in your life. Who are you? And that kind of goes back to what we talked about before. You can have a man in your life that makes less than you, but if he can fulfill and show you a certain purpose that is a, that, that's the reason for being here, that's worth more than any money he can ever bring to a relationship. The guy Again, can make ones in the back. Can we a little louder? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the guy can make ten fifty an hour and make you feel like you're a millionaire because there's a self worth, right? Self worth is worth more than net worth. And and folks gotta really understand that, you know, because you look, man, who was it? It was um I think it was Will uh, it was Denzel who said you can't take you never saw you you never saw a U Haul behind a hearse. Mm. <laughs> Yep. Mm. Yeah. So there's a question for 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 Bree and Starner. It says, "And can I get her free?" All right. Um. So I'm, I'm not gonna sing. So um. It says, "In in these uh, white male-dominated arenas where Bree and Starner are leaders, um, and with their own businesses, how do they turn off? I guess their dominance or." Mm. I guess, for better words, in relationships, like how do you turn, like you know, how do you balance that um, in your own, I guess, relationships versus being always being that dominant person um, in the corporate world? Uh, and that's a question for that was a question in the comments for Bree and Stoner. So, whichever one of you young women want to uh, take that on, I don't know. Yeah, I. I <laughs> Right. Start us. Start us. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna say it again, please. I ain't gonna say it again, please, please, continue. It definitely was a space as journey growing up in the corporate world so long. Like I started my career years ago at HSBC, right? And um, I came to, to understand and to see that challenge right away. What does that look like? How do you balance that? How do you, you know? balance that with a person how do you turn switch that off that thing where you're on like i'm making decisions every day um I'm, I'm in these rooms where i am often the only person of color or the only woman more than not mm -hmm. um and pushing back and having those hard conversations and really exercising um my masculine energy right so much and the interesting part that i don't know if it's true for all but it's definitely true for me is in relationship, though, when I come home, when I'm going out or whatever we're doing, my feminine is screaming out. 
she wants mm-hmm. to be seen she wants to be experienced she wants to be heard i'm the one when we're going out yeah. to dinner i just want to sit back like you order what we're going to eat tonight you know that kind of thing so for me mm-hmm. it's um it's not a hard switch to turn off in fact because i'm so on because my masculine is dominant so much through the day um that the feminine wants to, wants to come through and it's really wanting to so where where you're asking for that that masculine to show up of me um in relationship more that's that's not going to help that's not going to be helpful it's not going to go too far i need the the feminine to to actually exist and so i'm putting on that masculine because i have to i'm putting it on stronger because i have to i'm required to for the success that i'm looking for um but in relationship yeah. very much to the feminine and um even being able to identify that more i knew that like i knew it in my knowing in myself and in what i would want to experience but i uh, i think reading the book um the way of the uh superior man right definitely honed in a lot more on that that feminine and masculine energy that we all have and where it's experienced more than not and where where as a female we tend to want to see it more yeah so in relationship have to work after I've been making those decisions and doing all these things and answering questions and leading persons throughout the day and meetings upon meetings I just want to let my hair down I want to be taken yeah. yeah you know Stona um I'm I'm going to let Bree go in in 5 seconds but when it comes to ordering food for your date like fellas proceed with caution please because <laughs> you know um sometimes that's not going to be received well and again the well, views are starting you know it don't reflect me you know i'm just saying you know just <laughs> proceed with caution know, you know cuz that could, you way. know why that could be viewed differently that could be viewed as misogyny too in, in this day and age that's all i'm saying that's what i'm saying it's about the communication right because <laughs> yeah he will be made, he's made well aware when we're going out i literally will say um probably ask like what do i feel like we'll probably go wherever and i probably don't know and it's like i'm feeling seafoodish okay cool well you know what i like what i don't like and so we go ahead know what i'm sitting right there if i feel differently but it's it's not something where it's just he's just taking it upon himself to do it i literally extend it and say you know go ahead and it's that's that. the key fellas it's a, it's right there pay attention right yeah, there fellas that's the key that wouldn't work if you're just I'm I'm a sag as well so tell me what to do or owning decision for me is not going to work well right so it's it's Yeah I I I know but I don't want to say guys go out there and just make decisions for people um, Yeah 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 you, are you going to be on Instagram and Twitter <laughs> your career is going to be over it's going to be a different thing Don't, don't do that don't, <laughs> don't, and, and it's not that you could do it on the birthday this is a relationship and stuff Oh please And this is why context is very important because somebody mm-hmm. might go out jump out the window tomorrow on Friday night. They just got paid Friday night and and they're going to yeah. be like, "Hey, uh, asking, sure, I should have the uh, salmon mix." Yeah. You know. So <laughs> right now and and they thought that it would make sense if you're shooting your shot and you're asking me to go out and we do and you're just deciding while I'm sitting here, you're just going to decide what wine I'm going to drink and what That's not gonna... Don't do it. Please don't do it. I, wait. Wait. Can I raise my hand real quick? Just one. Two. Yeah, sure. So, sure. Okay. I do not believe in ordering like the food for women under no circumstances. That will get you punched in the face. Fellas, don't do it. Okay? <laughs> don't do it. Sir, I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. 
The only time I've ordered food for a girl is when she's told me what she's going to order, right? So then I can say what her order is. Now. Yeah, it's, it's a little different out here nowadays. I'm different. just, I'm just you However, if you've done your recognizance, right? You've done your homework. And you know, I'm big on the drink, right? So if you know, like, she likes whiskey, for example, I'll mm -hmm. say, look, That's the first fact. one, the first cocktail we get, let me choose. And let's see if you like it, right? Because you want to explore, right? And see, hey, they, this, that, and the third. I'll do that first. But with the, with the, you know, with the disclaimer, if you don't like it, I'll drink your shit and get you another one. But, like, I think, I think that, there, there is a there is an adventurous about it too, right? Like I think there is a level of like if she's open to it, and I think that's what Storna was mentioning. There has to be an yes. openness to it. Like if you go out right. with somebody and she's not giving you that vibe, fellas, do not under and let her order. You're gonna be misogynist of the year. It's gonna be over. Of relationship because the question was relationship. <laughs> right. This is right. not a dating. You know your partner. You have a clear understanding. You know the likes, dislikes. Like I know if he's, if I know him well, and I know he drinks X, then I, I order the drink if I'm sitting there first before him. That's different in relationship. Right, right, right. Don't, yeah, don't, yeah, don't yeah. do that in that dating stage. That would not fellas, happen. don't jump out the window tomorrow night, please, please, and don't blame me for it, please. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So Bri. the question goes to Bree. Okay. Um. So I think. I would echo what Sana just said. Um, I'm giving direction all day. I am trying to pull direction out of different people as far as you know what the collect, what the next step should be for for the group and for the team. Um, yes. And when I come home, that is I, sometimes I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about work, right? Um, and and I think I, even at even at that, sometimes I could be considered off-putting depending on the person um for a, a bunch of different reasons but that's me personally um one of the things that i've i guess taken in feedback not just in relationships uh, or romantic relationships but just like in general like my brother has given me this feedback that sometimes it's not what i'm saying it's the way i'm saying it right mm -hmm. so that comes through with everything and i am direct I am blunt and I have had to kind of work on that and be cognizant of how I'm saying what I'm saying. Um, and I feel like when I'm at that work, right, that right there. Yeah. I mean, that right there. I feel like when I'm at work, it's, I guess, because it's just a different level. It's a, it's a different environment. I'm not going to talk to somebody like I'm talking to my boyfriend or like I'm talking to, you know, a family member. Yeah. Um, so I don't have any issues there. But sometimes when I'm when I'm speaking to somebody, I mean, I think I'm speaking logically, right? Because that's the way my brain works, right? <laughs> but but it might not always come out that way. So um, in relationships, for me, I have to be very transparent about that in the beginning, so that you can then come and say to me, "Hey, Bree, the way you said that made me feel like this," um, you know, and I'm. Then I'm like, oh, wow, that was not my intention, right? My intention was to explain to you this, that, and the third. Um, so that, for me, has been, a, has been a learning experience and a growth experience, and I think I'll get better at that, you know, as we move forward. But, um, yeah, right. So, yeah. yeah, so when it comes to delivery, 
I had a quote yesterday from well from from a guy who this whole video about relationships and delivery, and he said from a man's perspective, and it, and it was just like, geez, man, this is amazing. He said, "How am I supposed to protect you?" Right? He said, "How am I supposed to go into things to protect you, quote unquote, to be the protector when I have to protect myself from you and the things you say?" So, I I said. I said, Jesus Christ. Like, but that's a real thing. Yeah. But, but yeah. That, From a man's perspective, that's a real thing. I want I wanted to say that. I love that, right? And I dare say it's on both sides of the coin. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's on both sides of the coin. It's, it's, it's kind of right. like the communication piece about the language to say, I of understand, course. how can you protect me? And, and I think it's... There's so much stuff. Because he said it in a protector because he's as as a what he's saying is as the man, right? Like the protector providership, like the protector Understood. of that's what that's why he meant it in that respect. That's why he put it in that context. I understand, but even understanding that when you're a female, especially a black female, black people on the whole and you're often being attacked, sometimes mm -hmm. that becomes your language and you're not even recognizing mm -hmm, it, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just like right. yeah. as far as like you at work, and my friends always say, like, I, I probably give so much of my EQ at work that I don't reserve enough for my personal side. Right. And so it's that right. I'm not looking to attack you, but it may come off that way. And that's where yeah. that communication is so big. So I understand. You're trying to protect me. And here you are, as a man, you're trying to fix. Something is wrong. I've expressed something is wrong. And I'm not necessarily looking for a fixer. I'm just mm -hmm. sharing. Um, right. As female, because we do that, right? Yeah. And you're trying, you're uh -huh. trying to fix. And so now we have this connect because you're trying to fix it. I really want to fix it. And so I'm like, ah, here we go. And now it feels like I'm attacking you. Right. And now you're just like, I'm just trying to help you. I'm trying to protect you. Right. And so this and is I think, right. just, um, communication being so important because if you walk away with the impression that I am attacking you, then you're kind of like, uh, right? When in right. fact, what I'm right. looking for you to do is this. Right. So how do we get past that? Right. We're not openly communicating like, well, no. Because if you know me and you know <clears throat> I have for you, you know in no way ever am I attacking you. Absolutely. So when it sounds mm -hmm. like that, it's to come and get the clarity of what's showing up here. What is that? And that I think that's on both mm -hmm. sides of the fence, mm -hmm. right? Where right, right, right. The, mm -hmm. the, the, the importance of not just communication, effective communication. Communication. And mm -hmm. clarity is so important because I, I get that as far as you're, you're feeling attacked. I've seen it. Mm -hmm. Probably mm -hmm. done it a few times. Maybe more than a few. Right? Yep. Where it came across like an attack. Um, but wasn't the mm -hmm. intention, but didn't even recognize it until it was made clear that, hey, here's what that sounded like. Here's what that right. felt like. It was like, whoa. Sorry. So, that's not, you know? If, if, that's a fact. If I could interject one thing, there was valuable advice I got from one of my mentees. Again, Jamil. Um, he told me this. This is for all the fellas. I promise you this works. Well, <laughs> we'll see now, right? Um, if your your either you know your girlfriend your fiance your wife whatever okay is that type of female where she has to be on quote unquote at work all day long right she's mm -hmm. in a leadership position she has to be extra than what she normally is and she has to put herself in positions all day long of being emotionally drained physically drained mentally drained you also have to deal with the biases of men around you, especially in that corporate ladder if you're around there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When she comes home or when you guys go out 
or when you order food, but you don't order her food, right? We got we got the hot. No, don't order her. Yeah, food, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Be, order be, her food. be clear. Be clear. When she starts to tell you about her day or her problems, ask this one question: Do you want me to help you come to a nope. solution, or do you just want me to listen? Period. Yeah. Because receptive, right? If she's receptive to what you're saying, if she says, "No, nah, I just need, to, I just need an ear right now." You don't have to solve her problem. You don't have to be the fixer. All she needs is that she just needs someone to let this out to. I have made this mistake a million times. Because for me, Dog. I'm thinking, all right, you're telling me a problem. I'm going to flip the issue. Mm -hmm. I solved it for you. Let's move on and get this other food. And you're like, that's a fact. In it. I didn't ask you for this. And that's right. when the shit kicks in. Right? And so, it took me years to understand that. It, it took oh, me years no, to get that. Because that, for me. There's another one in there too, because I, I I am that person where after that day of work, I need to decompress. Yes. I don't Leave want to me speak. alone. Right. I, I don't want to share. I don't want to say, like my sister would ask me all the time. She would call and she was like, "How was work?" And I'm just like, "Stop asking me questions." You know, <laughs> I, I I don't want to discuss what happened at work. I don't want to go through it. It's happened. It's there. I'm here now. I just want to be unbothered, and I need that space. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, yeah. persons walk away with like you're upset or they're, you know, trying right. to figure out your mood or whatever the case is. And so sometimes you just need quiet, a quiet mm. moment that might be an hour, <laughs> but whatever that is. And there are times where I've seen guys walk away kind of like, oh, you know, I thought you were mad. So I just, it's like, you know, I just, just need space for a minute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like mm -hmm. something is wrong happening when I come back and I'm like engaging now. I just need to decompress. So I'm, that's it. But I love what you said in that. Just asking that question. That's it. It's true. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it's true. It took me a year. It took me a long time to understand that because I'm the person that want to just jump inside the booth. You know what I'm saying? Loosen up the tie. Superman's alive. Superman's alive. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm just like, yo, I'm just like, yo, da -da -da -da. and I'm just like, yo, I'm here to mm -hmm. save the day. What do you need from me? And I want to do it, right? And because I don't want you to have to hurt or to, I don't want the, I don't want you to feel like this. So I got to fix it. And I've, you know, and it took me a long time to understand that, that that's not really what you, not all the time with, of what you guys need. You know what I'm saying? Like you might already have the answer, but you, but you just need to just let, let off. You might just need, need a hug and not say nothing. You might just need to just talk. You might just need whatever it is that and we need to really understand or understand who we're with, you know what I'm saying, and comprehend the things that they're telling us, you know what I'm saying, instead of what we think that they want. Yes. Well, oh, why not just keep uh, just keep it simple and give them what they need, yes. you know what I'm saying? And and I think it it, it took me a it took me a while um to to understand that because because I'm a fixer and if anybody knows me knows I am a fixer. And it's just that's that's the area that I operate in. It's it's all right. So what can we do? Like solutions. I, I need solutions. Like and I want to give you solutions. So what can we do? You're like you know I'm very solution oriented. So it's just like solutions, solutions, solutions. And you need to have them because if you don't have them, I'm I'm gonna give them to you. And it's just like wait, pump the brakes, come out. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not necessarily what I'll, I need. The worst is when you give them a solution and they don't even want that solution. Now it's even not now. Wow. Now it's a whole different conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah now it's a problem. <laughs> so quick to like, wait, 
it, it almost is like, are you undermining me? Are you insulting my intelligence? You don't think that I can solution this? <laughs> you know I mean? like, or it could put to that, like yeah, yeah, like, but then, yeah, yeah. But then it's just like that's true. But then it's just like, what is? I thought you wanted me because you wanted me to. You want me to have down. You want me to fix it, baby. You you came to me. Let me take it off your shoulders. Let me cater to you. If you're like, yeah. shut the fuck. Like, just shut the hell up. Just shut the hell up, and ask them what do they want. Like, and like you know, in that in that context, if if she's really on the same wavelength with you, she'll answer. And at that point, it 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 resolves everything. If she needs your opinion, yeah. she'll ask your opinion. Right? You can still give her what she needs. Yeah, you can still be engaging. How can I support you in this? That's it. Yeah, that's it. Period. I support you. I Period. That I just way need to too late. Okay. Oh no, I I really am trying to figure this out, and I'm trying to walk through it. Okay, that's different. I just need a moment. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's that. I think in any relationship, it's like how how can I support you in this? How can I show yeah. up? For you? What does that look like? And I think yeah. sometimes yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I don't know. Sometimes it's that. Absolutely. I feel like sometimes when you're when you're playing that dominant role so much like throughout the day or you're planning things all day, right? You wanna just come home and be like somebody already has I mean to come home and already have plans to be made, right? Food already to be there. Just yeah. you know, that kind of stuff is just so I'm like, Oh wow, okay. Let me cater you know, to you. I told my friends, I'm tired of eating. Yeah. I'm so tired of eating right now and they're like, What? I'm like, I'm tired of eating. I'm tired. Listen, just all these different foods. I have Peruvian, I have whatever. And I'm just tired of thinking about what to, what eat. to eat. I'm just yes. tired. Yep. You know what I mean? You're making, I'm making decisions all day. I want to throw things that people have in my mind. And I don't want another thing to think about. Right. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and it's not to say don't, that, like... I think we're all saying it. It's, it's the communication. Right. I think, I think it's like, it's not to say that like, oh, I don't want to make any decisions in the relationship, right? Like, that's not no, what it is at all. I think it really is. It's it's cold. It's a co-lead type of thing, right? Understanding Absolutely. each other's needs and wants and then being able to, to, to kind of be able to sense that, like what we were talking about when you know your yeah. partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you're going to play the lead. Sometimes you're going to play the supporting cast. Right. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Supporting actors, actress, you know what I'm saying? Partner. Partnership, yeah. 50-50, right? You got to know your partner. And I think, like, I've been reading a lot of books on, like, love and things like that. Like, you got to know your partner's love language. You got to know what they think, how they how they react to certain things. And some days when she comes home, she don't want to think about food. Motherfucker, order food. You, uh -huh. Hopefully you like, she likes what you like. You know what I'm saying? But you better order uh -huh. something that she's used to, right? Don't uh -huh. that That's not the day to experiment. Right? <laughs> It's not the day, fellas. I, I, it's not I, I, the, I, I, just get a certainty, a certainty. Say it again. That's not the day to experiment. It's not that's the day to experiment. Nice that's, to that's the day to be certain. An certain. moment to a, wait, she's ungrateful to so many things. Just yes. Context. Listen, you know, at the end at the end of the day, if you know KYC, then you can know KYP. Hello. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Because we got to work. Oh, we know what KYC is. You know what I'm saying? But now, take it home, then KYP. Just know your partner. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But uh, but, uh, but listen, I'll put a pin in it because we're going on two hours. Um, you know what I'm saying? Um, I, I figured I was going to No, but here's the thing. I know that we could probably go on another another hour. Um, but, you know, I know we all got things to, to, to do. And we have people here that appreciate y'all rocking with us for, for two hours. 
Um, and I just want to take the time to, to thank um, Brianna, Joel, Stona. Um, when I sent you guys a message or just contacted you about this one-year show, um, without hesitation, you guys just said yes. Um, and I just want to take the opportunity to say thank you, guys. I really appreciate you doing this. This conversation was very impactful. And I hope that it was impactful for everybody who, who's listening on this particular live. Um, it's like I said, I started this show with Bri. And I wanted to do this show with, oh, and have Bria a part of it. I, I wanted people to see just what type of a powerhouse, of course, that she really is. Um, now that, you know, the, the show, you know, it's 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 in a few places now. And um, now I want people to hear Bri. I want people to see Bri. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because to be 27 and, and to do what she's doing, I'm so proud of you. You know what I'm saying? I, and, and I'll never, you know, and I'm always say that. And I'm always singing to the heavens because I am that proud of you. You know what I'm saying? So, thank, you know, th you know, Bree, thank you for doing this. And thank you for, for being a, a young trailblazer. You know what I'm saying? That you are, as, as a black woman, thank you. Right. Um, Storna. Thank you. Um, you already know. Uh, you're a big powerhouse. <laughs> I mean, I mean, for everybody who knows you, it's to love you and to appreciate you. You, you do a lot for your friends, a lot for your family. Um, you're a super exec. You're a super on entrepreneur. Um, and you have a lot of knowledge and a thirst for knowledge. Um and thank you for all that you are and all that you bring to this world. Joel, uh, you already know you, uh, you're my guy. I really appreciate you. You know, uh, as a leader, as a black man, man, I really appreciate you and what you bring to, to the culture and what you bring to us. Uh, we learn so much from you um, and, and you give it to us raw no and no chaser. No. And that's the way I love it. And you've been like that since day one. You're my day one, bro. And I really appreciate you doing it. Whenever I call on you, man, you always there, man. So listen, man, there's nobody else I, I would have rather have done this one-year anniversary show with than you three. Um, and I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank I appreciate you, you guys. Thank you for this platform, for sharing, for inviting us into this conversation, um, for your jewels that you're always dropping, for so much that you do in trying to take this forward to the community at large. Uh, but stepping out, um, you know, I, I want to just call out your merch. You're wearing all of that. <laughs> but really a big, big thank you. Um, and just recognizing you as a leader, um, as a, you know, an entrepreneur, as a thought-provoking leader in that really, um, and, and trying to really help all of us forward. Um, really, kudos to you for, for putting this all together. And uh, thank you for inviting us um, to share in your, in your conversation. Love it. We're appreciate you. And thank you to everybody appreciate out you. there who, who's um, listening. Um, really great. Love that we get to have this convo all together. Don't ever order dinner for Stana. <laughs> that's a whole fact, though. That, that's a whole, um, that's a whole different conversation. Don't do it, bro. Don't do it. You're gonna slide in her DMs yeah. right after this. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Can I take your order, please? Yeah, it's gonna be like McDonald's out here. But can I take your order? What do you think? You're gonna get shot. It's not a good look. Sorry. Oh man, you guys are awesome. Keep doing the amazing things that you guys are doing. Um, hopefully, we can do this again um, live. Maybe next. We'll talk about that later. Um, I, I, I'm always getting y'all into something. Um, but we'll talk about that later. I, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Absolutely, brother. Have a good one, man. Thank you. Bye, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank y'all. Peace.